To hear a playlist for all the bands we talk about today, head over to Spotify and search for the Prog Spaces Progcast playlist for episode six. What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. Today, Dario and I discuss the new albums by Soen and Astronoid, as well as a bunch of new videos and singles that came out this past week. Later on in the Progcast, we're going to dig deep into our collections to choose our favorite Prog debuts. Stay tuned, freaks. What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. I'm your host, Randy Salo, and with me as always is Dario from the Prog Space. Yes, that's right. We have a, a couple of things to talk to you about today, a couple of updates, and we have like one cool prog out section at the end. But first up, Dario, last week you were at a concert. Yes, finally, finally, the new concert season has started. Yes. And it started with a big bang. It was a huge, amazing package of metal, prog, proggy metal music with Soilwork, Amorphis, and Ginger. Opening act were um, Nailed to Obscurity. Oh, yeah. A pretty decent German death doom band. I saw them um, when they when 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 we filmed with Dark Tranquility for Anchors to Asphalt. I saw uh, they they also were the opener. Oh, okay. There and got to know them. A German German band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty decent stuff. Nice guys. And well, Ginger tore the place apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was sold out in the backstage work here in Ooh. in, in uh, Munich. It's about twelve hundred people, thousand yeah. people. So yeah, Ginger from Ukraine. We also talked about them already on the show with their new video, Perennial. And wow, they, those guys are just crazy. They like the the groove and the the precision and um. Well, they were a little bit the odd one out in this package because overall their sound, they they were like by far the the most modern and. Uh, in parts, the most brutal band of of the lineup, mm. um, but it worked pretty well, and um, the whole thing started really early because yeah, the the first band started at six or something, and so Ginger were actually done by eight uh-huh. um, as second band because it was double headliner for Soilwork and Amorphis, so those okay. those. The two headliners uh, had a playing time of 17 minutes each. Long time. Um, yeah, it was was amazing. And, and there were a lot of people already. Like when, when Nail to Obscurity started, it was like half half full. Um, when, when they were done, it was already packed. Wow. So people showed up early, I think especially for Ginger. Yeah. As they, they've got it. It's a bit of hype right now. For hype, them. momentum going. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, Soilwork, um, can't say that much about them because I've never been the biggest fan. I mean, I I, I know and respect them for a long time already. I remember hearing the Stabbing the Drama single, like it was on, on some Metal Hammer or Rock Hard mm-hmm. sampler back then. And the funny thing is back then I thought, oh, this is, this is quite modern stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I listen to the new album. Two times, I think, before before the show, and 
I had the feeling they the not that they really gone soft or anything, but their their style went like turned into a little bit more traditional direction, a little bit more um like um closer to a traditional sound like um, amorphous. Okay. Uh so I worked played and wow amorphous just were so epic and amazing. I love the new album. It's for me is my favorite the favorite amorphous album. I haven't heard them all because they have they quite lot, yeah. quite a lot already. But from all the amorphous albums I I've listened to so far, the new one is definitely my favorite and it was it was just such an epic show and really amazing. I really enjoyed enjoyed the whole evening. I haven't heard the new album I think at all, but it was actually Jason from the broadcast who was on the show a couple episodes ago when we talked about Evergrey. That was his favorite album of 2018. Oh, okay. The new yeah. Amorphous, which I was kind of shocked by because yeah. it's kind of a classic band, you know what I mean? And I He's liking yeah. a lot of also obscure like prog stuff, but that was yeah. like his favorite. That was his top pick. Um, and just a little thing about soil work. Actually, I got into soil work when they were new, you know, when they first came out. And yeah. like, I think Steel Bath Suicide's the first album. Could be. Uh, and then the Chain Heart Machine is the one that I heard first. And uh, we are going to do our like top, t- top 12 <laughs> favorite debut albums in a little bit. And if that would have been the first album from them, I, I w- it would have made the list. Steel Bath wasn't my favorite. Like, they weren't there. But, like, I mean, a Chain Heart Machine is super brutal. And yeah. then after that came, uh, I want to say, Predator's Portrait. And there they started to incorporate more, like, clean vocals. Yeah. And, and Bjorn is, like, such a great singer. Absolutely. That, I mean, it's cool that they kind of went in that direction. And then when they did the album that Devin Townsend produced, the... Um, Natural Born Chaos. Natural Born Chaos. Uh, then it was really kind of in full form, you know, the yeah. sort of like melodic choruses and stuff. And then for me, I slowly got less interested in them for a number of albums because it went into this more kind of modern commercial, you know, more clean singing. Although I like the clean singing and the, and the melody, I missed some of that early thrash. They had this like thrashy... Okay. Death metal sound, mm-hmm. um, and also like cr- crazy rhythms and 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 stuff, and like l- very loose and 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 kind of exciting. Um, uh, I mean, then I came uh, back to them later in the last couple of albums. Yeah, that cool. was that was the beginning of the prog concert season in Munich, 2019. 2019, yes, yeah. and a lot of great concerts coming up. And also on Friday, we had uh, two albums at least that dropped that I think both you and I have listened to by now. Yes, um, maybe you want to start with Astronoid from the United States. Yeah, I, uh, so Astronoid dropped an album on Friday. Um, self-titled? Self-titled, I was going to say, I, why don't I remember the name? Well, that's why, because it's, there wasn't a title. Yeah. And I, I, I think I, I like it. I just, I haven't quite wrapped my head around what it is, you know, because it has these sort of, it's somehow prog and, and post-rock kind of mashup. Um, and then the sort of higher voice, like the higher register yeah. voice thing. I, 
I, I think I like it, but I, I I've like keep playing it, especially like when I go to sleep. Like I like turn it on. This is how I absorb things subconsciously. Okay. Yeah. And um, but but I think it's like a little complex in a way for me. Like I need to like digest it. But I think it's gonna be something I really like. But I I need some time. What about you? Did okay. You like it? Uh, some elements mm-hmm. I did like. The vocals are some the the way the vocals are produced and the way some melodies are written or or like how they're sung um, sung or how they're progressing yep. um, or not progressing <laughs> um, wasn't really didn't didn't catch me somehow hmm. especially the vocals sounded like too clean for me almost sterile a little bit it's so. like falsetto a bit it, feel, it feels a bit falsetto in that register it's like a lot of yeah but but uh, um yeah really really clean net not in the not in the context of growling and clean vocals but clean as in for me not really emotional you know mm. not like INR okay. is doing with leprous he, he, he sings a lot of stuff in falsetto um but always like in it's it's of course also production um um an artistic uh decision yeah if you want to to have them crisp and clean and or, or if you have like a warm sound where you can hear the breath and emotions coming through yeah, yeah. I missed that. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of post stuff per se. There's some stuff I really like. They're not going to make my playlist. Ah, okay. Yeah, good. But another can... album came out that I think that you may have liked more. Absolutely. Soen's new one. It is called Lotus. And um, the three singles, especially the first two singles, I had... It was Rival and Martis. We talked mm. about Martis on our very first show. I had the f- feeling, the the f- initial feeling that they went for like a little bit more of the same-ish stuff and didn't excite me as much as I had hoped or as they did with the last two, with their sophomore Tellurian and the third one, um, Lukaya. But now that I've, I've listened to their album, two or three times it's growing and mm-hmm. I like it a lot yeah me too definitely a favorite band of mine and I, w- and I uh, want to say especially like now on the third play I noticed beautiful beautiful bass sound uh, mm-hmm. from Stefan yeah, Stenberg absolutely um, funny thing was uh, when I first had the chance to see them it was with Tellurian already and now I'm I'm not sure if Steve T. George was on the studio record still or if he was only on the first one. I'm not sure, but I mean uh, Stefan was in the touring band, and I was actually I was a little bit disappointed to have, when I heard that it's not gonna be Steve T. George on the tour. I didn't know that he played on the album. <laughs> I mean, he's like he's appearing on so many albums you don't know, but I also really like him and his playing. Um, but yeah. I didn't realize that he had played on the Soen records. 
just the first one or I'm not sure I would have to check um okay. he he was yeah part of the band for at least the first uh if not the second doesn't, even doesn't even live in LA <laughs> like LA <laughs> yeah I mean who ca- yeah, yeah internet 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 base <laughs> yeah no, but but as as soon as I saw Stefan playing the, the the stuff on stage and and then when he when he got into the band as a full time member and also contrib- contributed to the studio stuff, um, I I was an instant fan of Stefan's bass playing and really cool guy and amazing uh, bass player and yeah I love his playing on the new Soen record and also um, their secret weapon uh Lars Enoch Olund who also started out as a touring member on keyboards backing vocals and second guitar and I think by now he's an integral part of the band and important part of the sound of so and just to put the spotlight for once a little bit off of Joel's beautiful vocals and of course Martin, Martin Lopez, Lopez. <laughs> um I just wanted to say um, that, uh, like, I liked the last album. I think I, I bought the CD, but I don't think I quite got who they were yet. Um, and I think with this album, I, I like it immediately. Like, I feel like I kind of connected to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is like my chance to finally like understand them, and then. Mm-hmm. can go back and appreciate yeah I, I absolutely recommend it to you um just one more uh recommendation apart from the singles um one song that i particularly liked um was uh penance i think um it's in the middle of the album and mm-hmm. it's got like um the first couple of minutes are a little bit more mellow and i like the build up i am terrible with song names so and i only really had a chance to hear it through one and a half times i think Mm -hmm. this weekend so um but i I threw it on on the way into the office this morning and it was like i liked every moment of what i heard like there was not a, a dull moment and now with Evergrey, I feel yeah. like there's another <laughs> album that could very well be on my top ten in in the next eleven months. All right, that's so. amazing. Um, yeah, but if you go back and check out the the first two albums again, yeah, um, pay close to attention to the words. Ah, okay. The, no, actually, the song is called "The Words." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's on the second it's album. It's an instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like it's one of those songs. Um, I have a hard time listening to it without welling up because oh, it's wow. so beautiful. And on the first album, "Last Light." Okay, great. Um, moving on to um, some some singles and music videos that popped up in the last week. Yeah, not as many as last time. That was a huge batch we had there. Um, actually last week I was like, until, until Thursday, there was nothing. And I thought, well, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and then over the weekend we have like 10, uh, piled up already Yeah. again. So, uh, I'm going to just start to give a shout out to Icelandic, um, chamber, prog, folk, pop, whatever band, Arstidir, currently on tour in Europe. Um, and 
last year they released their fourth album Nivalis on Seasons of Mist French extreme metal label yeah. usually yeah. <laughs> um, and extreme metal label and anything Icelandic <laughs> <laughs> probably um, yeah they, they put out a new video for the song Lover which was the first single uh, the second single actually from Nivalis and it's it's like really short really short under three minutes um, little pop song but I, I like it. it I lo especially from the first listen, I, I loved this super uh, glitchy is the right word, but this synth bass that is going mm. on underneath this. And the video is a bit like, I thought at first it was a live performance video because it, it doesn't feel like a music video, you know, like because they're in a, a bit of a warehouse looking space um but it's not like they're posing yeah it looked more like they were in a natural like in a circle in like yeah. a natural space performing together yeah uh but the audio is definitely from what i can tell the audio from the album so it was not a live performance yeah. video um but on the other hand towards the end of the song it's pretty cool because the the camera which seems to be on a dolly spinning around them or on a gimbal you know like yeah. that somebody's holding the the camera itself starts to kind of go upside down yeah and it's it's a little unnerving because it doesn't go all the way it just kind of goes where they're like kind of half in the frame upside down and this you're like turning to while you're <laughs> while you're watching the video but i thought it was cool and i was happy that they did it did it because i kind of felt like okay it's not really live it's nothing else is really happening. And then they had this, as the music gets more intense towards the end, yeah. they did this visual thing, which was subtle, but uh, yeah, pretty, I, I liked pretty it. Pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Darkwater released yes. a lyric video. Absolutely. And um, about this lyric video, just to stay on the, on the visual side, um, it was done by Wayne Joyner again. And... Mm -hmm. um, Actually, I have to admit, we we were a kind of um, we didn't get the Dream Theater um, visualization of him <laughs> fall into the light. So yeah, but uh, actually, my colleague at the Prox Space, Pauline, had the chance to do a little interview, which we which was published like the same week where we were talking about this, and we we were not sure what what this video was gonna but this but the well, dream theater video was also wayne joiner yes okay that's what i want the one to with say. the clock and the airplane and the uh, yeah and icebergs the, yeah and uh, actually in the video uh wayne said that um he he worked on visuals for the whole album and and it's gonna be somewhere somehow in the package you can buy i think for the oh whatever special mix so it's like like just a visu visualization yeah like a visual the, visualizer yeah yeah um which maybe to put that a little bit in perspective maybe they uh, could have i mean like made that more clear you know because when you go into yes. it and you think like official animation video i think they're going to do like they did on uh uh, systematic chaos with like the animation, like the yeah. anime video they did for for a second. Yeah, but but I mean he uh, going back to Wayne and also the Darkwater video. He's he's just a master in doing these these uh, lyric videos. Absolutely, mm. and, uh, I really like the style. And yeah, Darkwater Swedish 
classic melodic prog metal band? I would say like late 90s prog metal. That's my take. I don't, I don't know them at all before that single. So yeah. I don't know who they are. I didn't know they were from Sweden. But when I heard it, I thought, yeah, sort of late 90s prog metal. Yeah, the probably maybe in the in, in a similar vein like seventh wonder and yeah or well, cloudscape or yeah so that's this. that's that's the classic swedish prog metal sound yeah. and or, yeah darkwater new beginning um check it album out. human is coming on the first of march through alterium records now for something completely different again we have from the united states have you heard of the band consider the source not until I saw this video, but I was blown away by this craziness. Yeah. Um, I didn't know them at all. I actually, I only knew them because um, the Munich jazz metal band Panzerballett yeah. was, they were they were touring with them in the States like oh. six, seven years ago or whatever. Oh. Um, so I saw the announcement, I checked them out and I thought, well, this really cool stuff and... I've been following them a bit on and off. Uh, and yeah, cool band. Also like instrumental jazz fusion oriental stuff. And, and uh, guitarist Gabe is crazy. Uh, he played this double neck with Fretted and Fretless way before. <laughs> For Bumblefoot. <laughs> Bumblefoot. And made Billy Sheehan. <laughs> made, made it famous with. Uh, yeah, and the way the he plays it, I mean, it sounds like a violin. The way he plays it on this song, anyway, the way that he does these yeah, things, yeah. and um, yeah, the, I wrote the one word I wrote down was mesmerizing. Yeah, <laughs> watching them, watching them play. I think that's the important thing is that yeah, you see the craft, and you see like all the you know like the basis is also using this um, organ pedal yeah to create these sounds, and then playing against that, and then you know all this thing with this double neck guitar and. I, I I really liked it. I don't know if I can listen to something like this all day long, you know, yeah. because it's so complex. And in fact, I didn't even make it through the 11 minutes because I just had had to move on and yeah. start like looking at other things. But I liked it. I, yeah. I'm check the, it out. The song is it's the closing song of the album. It's called Enemies of Magic. Yes. Okay, at the, at the end. Like... King Crimson. No. And the album's kind of funny. It's the name. Yeah. You're, what is it called? You are literally... A metaphor. A metaphor. You are literally a metaphor. Yes. Area. <laughs> also coming on the first of March. Um, I think they're they're um, probably independently releasing on Bandcamp anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to Europe from France. We had last week um, this little solo project. I also talked about it already. Soledad. From Lula Dombla Soli. And there's a new track. The second single is called Dogma. It follows directly uh, on the album to White Knight. After, comes directly after White Knight, uh, the other single, the first single. And this time we have Liam McLaughlin from Scotland guesting as, uh, with a guitar solo. Uh, Liam McLaughlin, you might know him as touring guitarist for C2IE. Oh, okay. Or with his own band, Orinthia. Really talented dude. And, well, I wasn't too sold on White Knight, I have to admit. Um, but this one, just I loved it from the first listen. 
really cool 7-8 groove. And uh, Lola was so kind to actually send me the album already. Oh. And I've listened to it and it's, I, I was, I was really amazed by it. It's, it's, it's an, it's a great album. Um, it's called Catharsis and deals with, mm, yeah, personal stuff. Mm. She, um, she had to experience and so the title catharsis is yeah that's maybe for us uh, you know, that the, we have or or for her it was a catharsis yeah to, to write this album it's it's a brilliant record and and it's a great solo effort and when's it coming out um there's no release date set yet but okay. uh soon it already and, came out at your house yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> around march and uh, once again uh, uh lola was uh had the help producing it from uh, Lucas De La Rosa. Um, last time I said he was from Delcy Hill, which is a art pop <laughs> uh, project. Yeah. Uh, a really amazing album, Velveteen, but um, actually he has also a freaking amazing prog metal band called Archetype. So, um, and, I, and I checked uh, with him uh, what's the status on Archetype because they haven't posted anything on Facebook since... 2017 or something and he said they're getting back together and okay and the debut album is in the works so i'm really excited about oh, that yeah, as well cool. what's next back from some little underground solo projects to some of the biggest names in the genre queen's rag another lyric video um yeah <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't didn't do anything for me either. I just, I mean, I think what's Man, most impressive is how much Todd La, La, Todd Latour um, sounds like Jeff Tate, <laughs> but then you know, after that, it's kind of like, eh. and I mean, you know, it's like Chris DeGarmo's not there, Jeff Tate's not there, and I mean, I don't need Jeff Tate to be in there e anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, it just I, there was nothing in that for for me. Yeah, it's not yeah. my thing. But you, if if you still like Queens, right? The song is called "Man the Machine," and their new album, "The Verdict," is coming out also on on the first of March through Central Media. Um, next up, we have a song from the British prog rockers, the Moot Gods, the Mute Gods, mm -hmm. Nick Bags, Nick Bags, yeah, sexy Who's, Nick Bags, who is actually in town right now. Right, Stephen Wilson's playing yeah. right now, like. Later tonight. Uh, yeah, so they're here and we are not seeing them, apparently. Yeah. We're not going to Stephen Wilson tonight at Gasteig. We're here with you, listeners. Yes. Talking about other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, the Mute Gods also feature Marco Miniman on drums and Roger King on production and some other stuff. And um, Nick Beck sings, I think. Yes, yeah. he does. And I really, really like the first album, mm -hmm. Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me. Um, <laughs> the second album was also quite okay. Tardy Greats Will Inherit the Earth. Great name. Yeah. Um, now we have their third album, Atheists and Believers, coming out on 22nd of March through Inside Out. Um, they put out the title track, Atheists and Believers. I've listened to it once. I have to say, it didn't do much for me. Mm. Um, but we'll see. 
cool band. Yeah, cool band. This this was also not really my yeah my cup of prog, if you will. <laughs> um, but uh, another thing that came out that was really interesting that you told me about, which I didn't know anything about, was uh, Absent Hearts, the town. Yes, which is somehow like instrumental rock prog post. <laughs> something very upbeat and happy yeah and then i saw some reference to dan Tompkins, but there's no vocals so i was wondering yeah let, that, let, let me fill you up um yeah. so absent hearts is the solo project of scott k he's the guitarist from uh voyager and statues oh hailing from perth yeah. western australia voyager yeah man um and they actually put he actually put an album out together with Dan on vocals with under the moniker Absent Hearts. Um, but yeah, this EP he, they kind of agreed that it's gonna be instrumental again. It's not that Dan is out of the band as far as I understood it, but for now he's pausing, maybe scheduling conflicts. I mean, mm -hmm. Dan is a pretty busy man. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, pretty pretty upbeat stuff like like yeah, Pliny. Pliny, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, cool stuff. Absent Hearts, the town from the upcoming EP, The Peak. This is like like kind of like nerd guitar rock. Like very <laughs> like I think we can thank Bandcamp for this because that style of music I think really comes from like YouTube slash bandcamp uh cultivation pot yeah you know like this yeah. is where these people where where these artists were able to like cultivate a fan base absolutely i just i just remembered uh david maximicic from bulgaria if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yeah um uh, amazingly talented guitarist and he as far as i know he managed to cultivate a fan base big enough to live off the music without putting out physical releases i think we could do a um, like a, a whole sub episode on on that genre and like maybe we can like dig into the yeah. history of some of those artists and how they yeah. all work together you know and connected and yeah absolutely moving okay. on we have little jolly fellas from new york the incredible jolly with an unexpected little song um actually there's that's a thing i was um i wanted to talk with you about their um their way of releasing the music from their new album family because it's been out like all the music's been out now uh, is out now on youtube and um for their patreon uh subscribers that the, the album as such is only coming out in um June, I think, uh, coinciding with their uh, appearance at Midsummer Proc Festival. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a, a nice little song. Um, they actually said, in, in, I think in December, they put out the last song from Family and said, this, the whole album now is out. And uh, unexpectedly, they... Uh, bonus track. Put out a little bonus track so called all Violet. The, all the songs are now on YouTube for everybody to see. Yeah. And the Patreons got what? The download, I guess. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to release a physical copy or at least a digital download copy. Yeah, I, I hope they, it's going to be physical. Yeah. I, I, 
Let's assume yeah, so. Yeah, I guess so. But that's in, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, to basically give the music away for free and then sell it later. Hmm. Yeah. See, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we can talk to them, find out how it goes afterwards. Yeah, I wanted actually. I wanted to write to them, yeah. see if they they would be up for some more gigs apart from Midsummer Prague when they're in Europe. Ah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant band. I love them, yeah. and I um, like the song. I, I wrote "Sexy AF." <laughs> that's 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 what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, and then I think the last one I have listed here anyway, another one that you told me about is Elo. Yeah, this is the second single from uh, Elo from the UK. Um, the founder, Andy Robertson, is also from Aberdeen, in Scotland, like uh, Liam McLaughlin we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And they also play together in a band called Orinthia. Um, yeah, and... Uh, we had the chance to premiere this second single at the Prox Space, which we were really happy about. And yeah, man, the first single, um, Reanimate, I've been jamming a lot on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and Perhelion is a little bit longer and a little bit more proggy as a song, but it's just as good. Um, you've got everything everything you love everything i love in my prog metal is it's it's there it's mm. it's the, the vocals are amazing the 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 synths interplaying with mm. with with the guitars the most important thing i want to say is that if the whole album from elo uh keeps up being as amazing as the first two singles reanimate and parhelion i i absolutely sure they're gonna go on my list of favorite debut albums of all time. Wow. Um, I said it now on record. You said it now, it's on the record. Um, and that brought me to the idea, why don't we talk about our favorite debut albums throughout the history of our beloved prog music? That sounds like a great idea. We just <laughs> prepared some in this bag here. We brought all of our physical... Yeah copies with us we don't do, do, know each other's list okay so right after this daria and i are going to go through our favorite debut albums from the prog genre stay tuned Hey, welcome back, Prog fans. Dario, what are we doing now? We're going to prog out on our favorite debut albums. We thought that we would order them not as like number one, number two, but that we would pick 12 and then talk about them in chronological order. And I yes. suppose we just take turns. Dario, you start. Yes. So, my one of my favorite debut albums of all time is also maybe the birth hour of the prog genre as we know it and it's got this weird little cover 
of that screaming guy. <laughs> so we're talking about King Crimson's in the court of the Crimson King, of course. Um, it's like a meme now. <laughs> it's uh, it's a classic record, and it's still holds up to this day. Still amazing stuff on there. And actually, I want to um, put some some emphasis on the off track. So not. 21st Century Schizoid Man or The Court of the Crimson King. Like, I Talk to the Wind. How beautiful can you write lyrics? I mean, it's just, it's a poem. Moonchild is also so really dreamy and weird. But, yeah, my absolute favorite is Epitaph. It's so epic. Well, it's different to to all the other Queen Crimson stuff anyway, because they, they, they were also always going... They were always way ahead of their time and trying new futuristic stuff. And I just, mean, you got to give it and up to and King Crimson. An innovative uh, and inv inventive band. Okay. Yeah. Me jumping forward a <laughs> lot of years. 1995, Nevermore's self-titled debut. One could argue that this is not really prog. Uh, per se. It is for me. Yeah, it, it is counts. for me too. Yeah. Um, and I tried to stick to, to prog stuff, but for me, Nevermore is part of my prog journey because they Absolutely. sort of bridged that like heavy metal thing with more technical playing and weird timings and rhythms. And while it's not my favorite Nevermore record uh, by any long shot, it's, it's so good and so unique uh, for its time that, um, and, and it sort of was this representation of what was to come for them. And we talked a lot about Nevermore in other episodes, so <laughs> yes. we don't have to dwell on this, but that's my early choice for... Oh, wow. I still got something in the 70s. Well, one year later, that we I started out in 69, now we're going to 1970, and we've got a little... Huge supergroup here, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh, wow. Um, their self-titled debut. Um, well, there's also this little hit single at the end called Lucky Man. <laughs> but the rest is so crazy. And especially the song Take a Pebble is like is my favorite Emerson, Lake, and Palmer song. And the the album as a whole, from for me, when I discovered it in my teens... Growing up with classical music and stuff, it was this was the perfect a blend of both worlds. Um, with Keith Emerson switching between Hammond church organ, piano, and um, I also think "Take a Pebble" is one of the best compositions in prog rock, or in belongs for me in the list of. Flawless compositions, as they have this song, like normal song, and then they wander off with crazy instrumental stuff, and actually how they get back into the song with that piano uh, going down, and then then they're like naturally flowing into the main theme again from from the very beginning. It's just masterful. And certainly one of the godfathers of uh, prog keyboard, you know. 
Absolutely. Keith Emerson. Yeah, great. Uh, still staying in the year 1995, uh, Shadow Gallery, Carved in Stone. Oh, those guys. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, so, yeah, I really liked, liked Shadow Gallery. Um, this was one of my, I would say, one of my early prog metal bands, you know, like after like Dream Theater. When I heard Shadow Gallery the first time, I was like, wow, there's another band that can play like Dream Theater. Yeah. And, um, so I got into them at first. To me, they were like a little bit of like a weaker dream theater, like in terms of the heaviness, yeah. because it's a bit like lighter. Uh, but they quickly became uh, one of my favorites during the '90s, and I really like. I mean, Tyranny was such a great concept album, and yeah, Carved in Stone was like the first one. But the first song, Cliffhanger, I mean, which they explored in another album later as yes. like part two. And I mean, it's just so good. And the vocals of... Mike Baker. Mike Baker, yeah, are, you know, they, they grow on you. I mean, at first, maybe like you're not used to his style of singing, but they really grow on you. And like the, the, how much emotion he sings with yeah. and stuff. I Yeah, it's a real shame we lost him too young. Absolutely, and I, I'm really happy I, I had the chance to see them live two times. I oh, think wow. they played uh, three times ever, and <laughs> yeah. two times was at Prog Power, and I happened to be there. Lucky, yeah. me. Lucky me. And I, and the funny thing is, is I lived not far from them um, because they're from, I think, Pennsylvania in this Sounds this region, right. and I wasn't that far away from them, but uh, I never saw them play live. So, shame. Jumping back again, but this time to 1989. Can you guess? 89. Oh, yeah. Dream Theater. And Dream and Day Unite. <laughs> not on my list, believe it or not. What? Yeah, I know. What's wrong with you? I feel like I can't. I, uh, uh, you, 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 you tell your side. Um, well, I have to admit, I, I, I like the whole package as it is. It's, it's a weird sound from like looking back in, in retrospect. It, like from a from a from a sound from this from the production and from stuff the, yeah. yeah from from the production side um but um and of course um Charlie Dominici's vocals are not for everyone i guess um but i like them i li i think they fit perfectly and for me it's it's the real deal it's uh, yeah. there's there's many other dream theater albums later that were better but this was i mean i was not around back then i was three years old or something but um discover it discovering it in retrospect um yeah I, i i love every song on it and um yeah the killing hand for example it's yeah. just a, such a chilling epic john myung's bass or yeah. or kevin moore's keyboards one of the one of the greatest instrumentals too of <laughs> the prog metal absolutely can can't argue with that yeah still Uh, and 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 it's funny because uh, uh, when I listen to it again, I think I must have listened to it a lot of times because I almost make it uh, like clapping along without mistakes, <laughs> and I've never like analyzed it, and I would never be able to um, try to play it with like sheet music and 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 by actually thinking about what what measure we're we're in now it mm. doesn't work like that for me i just have to like listen to it a thousand times and then i got it in the system 
When I first started learning bass, I uh, was like uh, like a Jason Newstead fan from like Metallica, you know, in my early days. But then when I discovered Dream Theater, I be- quickly became uh, John Myung was my favorite bass player, and and I tried to learn to play like stuff from that album and images and words. And I, but I didn't have the music. I just played it by hearing so i never really played it correctly and i watched the dvd and watched him play and that was how i played in the first years but although dream theater is my favorite band it's not on my um favorite debuts because i think i just i didn't listen to that album nearly as much as many of the other ones that i that i brought here so uh, the next one might be a little controversial because this is technically not the first full-length album but it, I think it's the first full-length album that actually came out. I mean, you can still hear the first album on on Spotify nowadays, but this is the to me this was the first day album from them. But you know, we can disqualify it if we find out otherwise. But it's Rhapsody, Legendary Tales, okay, from um, 1997. I, 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 I'm not uh, into. I don't have the real cover. It went away. This is the CD. Yeah, I'm, I I have no clue about their discography, so you can tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I would say early on in my like prog days, I was I really liked I liked classical music as a child. You know, like growing up, I I, I had like a appreciation for classical music and stuff. So I think I gravitated really quickly to anything that was neoclassical. So Ingve, even the early Dream Theater stuff, um, and then things like Blind Guardian, Rhapsody at the time called Rhapsody, and some more stuff that you'll hear in my list soon. And this was like Legendary Tales was like a like a game changer for me. I was already a fan of Manowar, and I liked the Manowar stuff that was really epic, like the Achilles Agony and Ecstasy from Triumph of Steel. This mm-hmm. like twenty minute epic about. Achilles and stuff, and I thought this was cool. I like that more than like the party, let's drink beer and drive <laughs> motorcycles version of. And then yeah. like, like I heard Rhapsody, and I was like, they're none of that beer drinking motorcycle stuff. They're only about this like storytelling thing. And okay. back then it was like ninety seven, ninety eight, and I discovered them on the Perpetual Motion board, mm-hmm. and I could only download like a very short thirty second second clip of like one of the songs on dial up connection, <laughs> and I would wait for like a forty five minutes for it to load just to hear this one clip, and I finally bought the the first two albums as imports for a lot of money and. Um, Wow. Yeah, fast forward um, almost 20 years, I directed one of their last music videos for the album, for the song Into the Legend. So, Great stuff. funny, uh, funny coming the around story. Making of Legends. So, yeah, Rhapsody. Jumping back, 1990. Probably <laughs> even, even, even more important than, uh, even more important than When Dream and Day Unite for me, A Social Grace from psychotic freaking walls yeah you're pushing me so often on this band <laughs> and i bought all their stuff on like itunes download recently so that i could have it uh and i'm trying it was always talked about on the perpetual motion but i never could find it the cds back then in south carolina where i live yeah so I, I mean they um they they were all really released uh through metal blade mm-hmm. with, like t- there's two neat box sets with the first and third and the second and fourth oh. um like doubled together um 
yeah, Psychotic Walls, just such a unique band, and they have four albums um, between 1990 and 1997. Yeah, and then they split up uh, when their singer Barilecki, now called Devon Graves, moved to Vienna, yeah, to, to Austria, and um, well, all the four albums sound different, really different from each other. Mm-hmm. And a social grace is definitely their weirdest one, um, but it's it's an amazing record and it's one of those eleven out of ten records and um, some crazy stuff, but also like the um, ballad I remember is a classic. Yeah, I would recommend maybe Halo of Thorns and the. Band him, so to speak, a psychotic walls. <laughs> Band him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have. I have them. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do a show. I think on them in the future. But I think yeah. I need some more time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I came late to the party. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we might share this one. But I th- am I already up to this? All what I discovered when I did this is all my favorite albums are from like 1999. <laughs> so here comes my 1999 begin. Pain of Salvation, Entropia. I don't actually know if it's from 1999, though. I feel like it's earlier. It is 1997. Yeah, the CD I have here from uh, Inside Out says 99, but I I also remember it being a bit earlier. Yeah, my CD also says 1999. But (laughs) But it's done a few years before. I also thought I remembered that. Um, So, yeah, so Derry and I both have this on our list. Yeah, um, Pain of Salvation, I... Actually, I wanted, Entropia. Sorry, I forgot yeah, to say the yeah. album name. Yeah, I want. I actually wanted to check uh, on Prog Archives uh, or in my in my uh, uh, shelf how many albums they got out. But for me, they have never released a weak album. For me, every I love every single album by them, and that includes, of course, the debut album. Yeah, no question about it, that. Especially because I mean, I remember buying it, and I I it. I think it was before Concrete Lake. No, I think it, around the time Concrete Lake uh, came out, I bought it and it was I hadn't heard it at all. And I just took like the advice of people on the Perpetual Motion Board and I bought it and I went to my friend Jesse's house who lives in Atlanta now. And him and I used to sit and listen to music and yeah. he showed me King Crimson for the first ah. time. In fact, we watched the DVD or something. And we listened to this together all the way through. And I think it, we were both like blown away uh, by like all the style changes because there was like a part like in um, Winning a War where it starts with this like electronic drum beat or it's, it's like the and we're like, oh God, what's this going to be? Is it going to be like some stupid, you know, cheap whatever? Well, you yeah. know, we didn't even know what to expect and then it just turned out to be so amazing. And yeah. uh, the first uh, music video I ever made was in film school and I made a video for Stress in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah, with my roommate. It was good. <laughs> I have it on video cassette somewhere. <laughs> I want to see old. that one. Yeah, I got to try to um, find it. No, I, w- I, I, uh, I just want to say, when I listen to it again, in preparation for the show, Daniel's approach, Daniel Gildenlow's approach to vocals, to singing, um, was totally unique. And, and I think no one before was putting so much emotions and mm. into into it it's like even even more over the top than musical <laughs> um but it 
so fitting yeah, but, and but it's not so, cheesy like yeah absolutely is, that, yeah. That, that, that's that's the trick or yeah. the, the the amazing yeah you, awesome believe, thing you believe him absolutely every single word yeah um, I agree, and then, and then I think we've both agreed that we're going to do one gigantic long episode just about them, yeah. two albums yeah. a year. We can't handle the emotion any more than that. But I mean, just to say one more thing about this before we move on, I think from, you know, coming from like the Dream Theater thing and like already liking bands like Shadow Gallery and 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 then like this power metal thing that I also got into it for a while with the neoclassical bands, yeah. Pain of Salvation was a total game changer. Absolutely. I, I real, you know, I, it's no no cliche. It really was like a game changer for, for me. I had never heard music like that before, and <laughs> arguably not since. <laughs> I mean, they just well, did something so unique in the yeah. in the genre that at the end of the '90s, it was really needed. I think to kind of advance the genre, and and they also were always a step ahead. We'll save that for the other talk, but uh, yes. I have some opinions about that. But, yeah. Okay. Moving on, you're next. Moving on. Quick um, shout-outs to some honorable mentions on the way here. Spock's Beard Delight from 1994. Yeah, we just talked about Neil Morse in the last episode and how you were disappointed that after he left Spock's Beard that he got kind of same-same. Yeah. And then, like, a really strong honorable mention, German band Superior behind 1996. Yep. Amazing album in the classic melodic prog metal vein. Yep. Um... And if Randy's up for it, I would like to do a special show about German prog metal. Oh, yeah. Um, so there we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, and them and Van Plus and I actually have their debut here, I think. Yeah, there's, there's a um, lot of good bands to talk about there, yeah. Yeah, that was my two special mentions in between, uh, a special honorable mention, and then we are 19... On my timeline, we're in 1998 with a special <laughs> jam, Enyaq Requiem, Space Eternal Void. Uh, this is one of these albums I only know because of Proglus. Thanks to Proglus, mm. all the people there. Yeah, Enyaq Requiem, you probably haven't heard about them. Um, <laughs> I have. <laughs> That's my I, I, CD you're holding. I, no, I'm, I, I was talking like to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell us about them. I think it, are they on your list as well? They're on my honorable mentions. Okay, and and, the, and it, uh, only because they didn't really do anything else. And I think for me that kind of yeah. I mean, I have another band on here that didn't do anything else anyway. Okay. But uh, for them, I, yeah, it's, it was hard to pick these, and I, I think I had to leave it off because I did. It didn't carry with me over the years into like more work and stuff. I, okay. I don't know, like I. But it's solid. I, yeah. It's on my honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, for, for for me, it's um, it's flawless record, not production wise. <laughs> I mean, it was late late nineties and not, probably not a big uh, budget. No. behind it uh, but amazing stuff yeah. also in the neoclassical vein um, neoclassical space vein yeah yeah it's got like a, um, a mix yeah I love the instrumental set clown in Europe and then the creepy slow poisoners like great album <laughs> and you, I have to look um, I, I'm not sure if you can listen to it anywhere like maybe there's a couple of songs on YouTube from Yeah. Loaded, uh, um, uploaded by or the some, album. I think might actually be all the on some on YouTube uh, because I think they're not on Spotify. No, no. But shame. Yeah, Enyaqueriem Space Eternal Void. Very good. Um, since since Entropia is technically 1997, my 1998 album 
is Evergrey, Dark Discovery as debut. I was expecting that. Um, because like we talked about in the pre, not the last episode, yeah. but the former one where we yeah. talked about Evergrey, um, I discovered that album together with uh, Solitude, Dominance, Tragedy. And yeah, this is just a great uh, debut album. And we talked about it enough on that show. So you can go back and listen to <laughs> me nerding out about that. Okay. Yeah. Quick to honorable mention again for me, both from 2003, both really different. Wow, you're jumping really far forward now. Did yeah. you just go from like 1999 to 2004? Yeah. Wow. I've got a lot of things coming in the 2000s. I'm going to be staying in the 1999 <laughs> range for a couple, <laughs> a couple minutes. So I have another German prog metal record. It's Atmosphere, um, Atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Northern Germany. The, the album is called Inside the Atmosphere, and it's also, for me, a flawless melodic prog metal record. Coolest cover of Ellen Rigby. Prog metal oh, style. Oh, Rigby. Well, uh, it's it's a really great album, and like the idiomatic thinking progressive, and this one is, we, we're going to talk about it uh, on our German prog metal show, I guess. Okay, yeah. And then some Swedish prog rock for a change, Pathos, Time Loss, an amazing record if you're into the King Crimson E style. Check ah, out. He's the, got the signed version. Nice and. Uh, Hooks, the drummer, signed it with thanks for the lucky strike because back then I was still smoking and he, oh. I, I, I gave him a cigarette. I wrote, uh, gave him tobacco so I can roll one. <laughs> but Patos is still well, just an honorable mention here? or is Patos is uh, still, still honorable mention. Oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. The next uh, real entry, Riverside, out of myself. Oh, yeah. Quick uh, anecdote here. I remember um, reading something about them. I don't know, going into the record store put it into the tryout CD player, yeah. skipping through the songs, and then the start of Reality Dream. And then the keyboard goes, and I was like, what? I need to buy this record. And Laser's Edge again. Yeah, Laser's, exactly. Yeah, Sensory. A lot of good bands came out Amazing debut album from... Riverside. I discovered them also through uh, yeah Laser CD, where I bought all almost all the CDs <laughs> I brought with me today. And um, but the funny thing is, is I realized going back that I didn't, I never owned the debut, so I didn't really know it that well. I had uh, the the two after it, yeah. and then everything since then. But mm-hmm. uh, I never had the debut album, and I I don't know where it, what happened. I think I came to late or something. Late to the yeah, party. Cool. Okay, moving forward, um, or moving back in this case. See, I have to go back in time. So this is still like kind of my power metal uh, yeah. e- e- uh, era. Uh, Sonata Sonata Arctica uh, from yeah. Finland. Yes. I don't really listen to this type of music anymore, but but for but it was important for my like prog evolution. Mm-hmm. And um, this is such a great first album. Um, the melodies are just killer and it's like riffy and fast. And I mean, super fast. That's, that was the thing okay. about it that was new for me, I think. was Maybe like that put me off. I don't know. I've never listened to it. Just like a couple of songs here and there, maybe on Progolus. Yeah, their first um, three albums are, are fantastic. And I think the second or third album, Sil- Silence, the album Silence, I can't, I think this is the second one, is, is such a good record. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays I don't, I would listen back to these very fondly um, because they have a place. But anything new, I, I kind of lost interest. And yeah. you know, I watched them do some live stuff at Summer Breeze and things. And 
it's just not my thing anymore, but I think it's a great uh, debut and uh, yeah, was part of my Absolutely. journey. So here comes the real obscure stuff from the, ne the Netherlands. Orfeo Echoes. This is a self-released album. I also only I only know it through Progolus. And this is one of ten copies that you're holding here. Maybe I don't know. No, <laughs> I guess 10. I guess a couple of more. So this album, Orfeo Echoes, is in my top five albums of all time, and probably my favorite progressive rock record ever. Wow. Um, the keyboards from Rutger Fleck, who also built his own synthy, whatever, they are so amazing, and especially the vocals from that girl with the lovely name Wendelin. Um, it's just an amazing album, and um, yeah, it's a shame they broke up. Um, but I still listen to it, and I still love it. Orfeo Echoes. Um, and this yeah. was from 2005. Oh, wow. You're so far ahead now in your age. Speaking of ages, 1999, Ice Age <laughs> debut album, Math. The Great Divide. <laughs> yeah, I also know that from Progolus. But I never listened to like to the entire oh, thing. Yeah, this is so good. And they made two albums as far as I know, this one and Liberation, and I love both of them. And they're just great. I mean, the singer sounds a little bit like the guy from Styx. Mm -hmm. Um and it's it's a bit like yeah. you know, like beefed up dream theater and like crazy timings and stuff, but um production wise and songwriting, um really cool prog metal so no more not not a not a power metal or something this is like really kind of cool technical prog metal in a a very accessible vein not like yeah. in a crazy that's the, the that's the, the the same goes for those those two german prog metal records i mentioned earlier superior and um yeah. and and uh atmosphere as well um, but yeah but superior went into a, like a really different direction with unique which is actually my favorite album from them on the second one um, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. choose them for this because Unique was my favorite from them. So, that, yeah. like, as the debut, I didn't choose that. But yeah, that was 1999. Okay, we're going actually to the home stretch. We also we, we are already in like in modern day and age. I think I still have some more from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Good lord, Leprous Tall Puppy Syndrome. I know the guys don't like it anymore, but this is uh, also from Sensory, right? Yes. Yep. Um, Great label, Sensory. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lepras started something, and they went into a totally different direction in the meantime, and they're still awesome. Um, but yeah, this this is a unique thing, and. The first drum beats of passing already got me excited, and I don't know it at all. I mean, I'm a huge Lepers fan by now, but I don't know this album at all. I don't have it, so I, shame on you. Shame on me. What's wrong with you? Uh, you Got to leave some gems left to be discovered. You know, you can't uh, so, steal all the treasure. Um, just one little um, special uh, recommendation. Not even a name. Crazy black metal riff, and then later. A huge single note riff that goes like on, that's stomping on, and then after I don't know how half a minute or something, 
they suddenly uh, change it one, one one note up, and it's like s- such a smooth transition. It's and I remember had bangs so hard when they were playing this at Prog Power in two thousand nine or ten. Wow. Okay, I'm Lepris. gonna go back. Fanboy. Um, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Okay, nineteen ninety nine. I think I'm finally done with nineteen ninety nine. The year two thousand. In the in the year of our Lord two thousand, Spiral Architects debut and only album. Yeah, it it almost made my list, but I I am not listening to it as much. Um, actually, the um, also on Sensory, by yeah. the way. Uh-huh. Jesus, Ken Golden has got the <laughs> ear, man. Um, just a quick thing. My favorite is Cloud Constructor. Oh, your song. Yeah, I, I don't even think I have a favorite song. I mean, I love yeah. everything on this album. And actually, they do remind me a little bit of uh, early Psychotic Waltz here and there. Uh, a lot of I remember a lot of people saying that early on, and you know, this was produced by Neil Kernan, so it has uh, also this kind of classic Neil Kernan wall of sound. And but I do know that the band didn't like the mix from Neil Kernan um, because the bass is like super frontal. But I think uh, a lot of the fans of the band like that element okay. of the band. Um, yeah. Certainly I do as a bass player, but <laughs> it's just so unique and nothing like it except for yeah the psychotic waltz um, references. I mean, there's been really nothing like it since. You know, yeah. it's not Gent. It's not um, Dream Theater. It's not... Tech Death. <laughs> Porcupine Tree or Riverside. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's not Tech Death. It's like its own thing. And, yeah. and they never did anything else. And maybe that's good for the like legendary <laughs> status of it. It is. Well, uh, as Gaia Mikkelsen, the drummer, keeps teasing uh, in the last years, I, I've seen him saying on the record or off the record that they're still working on a follow up. But uh, we're, we'll, I guess we'll. We'll be seeing another Tool album before that. <laughs> uh, you're next. Yes, and um, yeah, kind of tied with uh, Leprous uh, is the Haken Boys. Oh yeah, Aquarius. Aquarius. And it was like the same year that they were Leprous and uh, Haken played Prog Power Europe with their debut, and I think I just have to thank uh, Rene Janssen from Prog Power now and and the guys from Prog Power Europe for booking them with their debut because <laughs> I've been a fan since when when they were announced like both with Leprous and with um, Haken when they were announced for Prog Power I went to check their debut albums and I've been a huge fan of both bands since wow yeah I mean, yeah it's great up I mean it was out of print for a long time yeah also sensory huh <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a copy from back then. Yeah, from Sensory. Yeah, I think Inside yeah. Out re-released it. Yeah, the first batch, and yeah, we're almost done here. Um, but I realized that I skipped ahead one year too soon. I still have one other album from 1999, and that's uh, Angra uh, Angels Cry. Oh yes. Um, the drummer of the album actually was Alex Holtzworth from the Munich-based uh, progressive metal band. Serious even. There you go. Uh, and a good friend of mine, actually. We should have him on the show. He's got a lot of good stories to tell. And when I directed a documentary and music video for Rhapsody of Fire, he was the drummer at the time for them. So um, this is this is great power metal from that era. Yeah. And uh, I, 
I don't really listen to Anger that much nowadays, although they now have the singer of the original Rhapsody of Fire as they <laughs> like so in, in, incestual, <laughs> incestuous. Um, and I don't listen to this album all the time, but it's still, to me, is a fantastic yeah, debut. Angra, also from Progress, I only remember Carolina 4 as a cool song. Oh, yeah, Holy Lands Yeah, is is one of my favorite like concept albums. It's uh, such a good album. Okay, wow. Home Stretch, 2012. Oh, you're so far ahead. I still have 2001. Headspace, I Am Anonymous. It's a super group, a super group of sorts. Because, I mean, it features Damon Wilson, who used to sing with Threshold, and uh, Lee Pomeroy on bass, who used to play with, with It Bites, and, and Steve Hackett, and all those prog rock greats. And actually, Adam Wakeman on keyboards, one of the keyboard playing sounds from Rick Wakeman. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah actually, Oliver Wakeman is also playing keyboards. <laughs> oh, but uh, anyway, and, and the guitarist and drummer, they all play like, um, ah, yeah, Lee Pomeroy, the bass player, is playing like uh, with, with, with Take That or something live. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and the guitar player or, or the drummer used to play with, with also with, with some pop, huge pop names. Uh, so accomplished players, uh, instrumentalists and, and, and musicians, but... This album is like I listened to it when it came out. I listened to it nonstop, and at one point I thought, "Why, why, why do I keep getting going back to it? Uh, why do I want to listen to it all the time and over and over again?" And then I realized um, a lot of those amazingly goosebumpy <laughs> passages, <laughs> like parts, they're just once in there, and then like not they're not repeated later in the song or something. Uh, okay. Um, so it's it's an amazing album and yeah, all for a debut album. It's it's just I haven't heard it, so I have to go back and check it out. Yeah, uh, be prepared. This one is is the shit. Headspace. Yeah. Okay, so it's two, moving on to two thousand one. <laughs> I know you're like way ahead of me here. I'm I'm older than you are. Uh, I have to go with another sensory uh, record release, Zero Hours' first album, Towers of Avarice. Oh, yes. This That's is a good one. I mean, this is, I mean, all of my albums are from like 98, 99, but this was, for me, this was like the turning point for prog metal, like where yeah. you had, you know, The Pain of Salvation, Spiral Architect, Zero Hour, you know, I mean, all these bands were coming around at this time. And, um, this yeah. to me still holds a lot of water, and I didn't Exciting like the follow-up albums as much. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's also the my favorite from them. But also, um, also Progulus times for me. We've been listening to a lot of Zero Hour on Progulus. But also another like great concept record and um, artwork by Travis Smith. I think on this mm-hmm. one, it looks like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Demise and Vestige, uh, Stratagem. It's all on that record, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, stratagem, yeah, reflections, demise, and vestige, ghosts of dawn, towers of avarice, subterranean. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a great yeah, album. It's yeah, it great was all the way through. Great, getting the great, end. great memories back to my first prog power Europe as well. Okay, yeah, they were amazing, jaw dropping. I think you're on your twelfth pick now. Oh yes, and then I have my twelfth, and then I there's a few mentions here <laughs> that I'll do really fast at the end. But uh, your twelfth pick is. Rendezvous Point, Solar Storm from Norway, Very featuring good. Bard Kolstad. He, 
uh, was not in Leprous when they released Tall Proper Syndrome, but he was on certainly on Rendezvous Point, Solar Storm, and they got a new album brewing finally. Yeah, can't and, wait. And um, they also were teasing a new uh, video with a post-apocalyptic theme. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Um, well, funny thing, I, I was uh, actually, I was a fan of the band before they even put out the album. I mean, they, they had some videos on YouTube from their music school and stuff. They were playing, I think, in the presence of enemies and, and some older stuff and uh, on MySpace or Bandcamp. <laughs> some, uh, I've listened to some stuff and then I got in contact with, um, with Bored because um, Leprous were going to headline Rock Power Europe and they were going to be on tour with them and the album was gonna come out like the weekend of Proc Power. Um, so a um, friend of mine was the week before at the release show in Trondheim or, or Oslo or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he, he he brought the copy to Proc Power Europe and we did a listening session in the courtyard of the castle, the Bergt. And uh. it, was, it was great. It, I think it was one day before the release. Um, oh wow! So that was really cool. Yeah, they're um, on my honorable mentions. I, I also love this album. Can't wait for the new one. All of my all of my my choices are quite old. I feel like because they come from this one period. And I have the one last one here. Um, Beyond Twilight, the Devil's Hall of Fame. Great album. This is. I mean, I also didn't care that much for the follow ups, which I think had a di it definitely had a different vocalist. Um, yes. But uh, Carpenter, maybe Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Sandon Carpenter was yeah. on the second one, um, Section X. It's also good, but this there's uh, nothing tops this one, and and just the combination of Yornland and and them and, and well, so I think I I think I prefer Section X, or maybe even for the love of art and then the making. Wow, <laughs> uh, but all three are amazing, uh, amazing albums and and. and like really unique stuff there again, like with those dark classical stuff and, yeah. and and some. It's a really slow prog album, like slow, dirgy, doomy. Yeah, this one particularly, yeah. it's it's not very fast, but it gives uh, Jornland a lot of room to sing, and boy, does he sing! Oh yeah. Hey, real fast, do you remember the Nostradamus um, album? Yes, from Progulus, but I don't have it. I, I have it on CD. It's a double CD. This is also one of my favorite albums from that era, but it's I don't I didn't consider it a debut because it yeah, was like a, a, a single special pro project. project yes. Yeah. Okay. But I love this yeah. and he's on there. Yeah. A few quick honorable mentions. Yes. Darkane. Absolutely Rusted Angel. Uh we talked about La Lawrence McRory, who was also yep. singer of this other great uh debut, Andromeda, Andromeda's Extension uh, of the Wish. Extension of the Wish. Um and they uh, actually did just one quick thing. Um Darkane are gonna do a 20 years anniversary tour with rusted angel oh yeah, yeah. I, I would like to go to that um i th just check I, th I think it's not gonna be big because unfortunately they they haven't made it that big yeah uh, they, they they kind of first lost, three albums. lost lost the momentum yeah. and and now they're when they're whenever they play i think i've got a, some really uh Big Darkane fans uh, in the Netherlands, yeah. some friends of mine, and um, they, when they they said when they play in the Netherlands, they play for 30, 40 people, which is really a shame. Unbelievable! Um, the I, first three albums are so good. Yeah, so um, they they're gonna play some festival in the the Netherlands. I'm pretty sure. So check out the dates uh, 
for the Rusted Angel anniversary yeah. tour from Darkane. Amazing proggy thrash metal. Absolutely. Uh, and then my last uh, little, um, or, or very close to the end here, um, honorable mention are two albums, Adagio's uh, debut, Sanctus Ignis. Oh, yes. And uh, Time Requiem's first album. Oh. Which oh. actually feature the same uh, keyboardist, um, uh, what's his face, uh, <laughs> Richard Anderson. Yes. <laughs> um, right. They're quite different albums, yeah. um, but you know his his keyboards are amazing. Yeah. Um, this is this is exactly also the my progress time. Yeah, <laughs> so these are these are also solid, uh, also from this sort of power prog metal thing. And um, yeah. I also had at least one album that I didn't know if I could count it because it's not like really a debut. It's Stephen Wilson's uh, first solo record. Well, it is it. Yeah, it is a debut, and yeah. it's a it's a fucking dark one. It's, yeah, it's, I I I. I got into it actually um i i got into grace for drowning and then i went back to it oh okay and, um but i had this f first right away because i was into porcupine tree really big at that time yeah and got this and i just uh i love it so much so yeah okay i think that's all the time we have for today um, you've got one 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 thing left there yeah and i and i i wasn't sure if this is really a debut because they had some eps but it's volas uh in mazes um, yeah, i think i think it's the debut album yeah and, and they're uh, coming on tour with haken which is gonna be so awesome and i think i would have chose this as one of my top 12 but i still really stuck to the stuff from from early in my li liking of bands so I, yeah. I didn't give it that the top 12 because it's so new but i also think this is like one of the best debuts for me of 20 years. Wow. And then I had a bunch of other ones and I didn't realize that they weren't the original albums. But uh, I think that's all the time we have for today because yeah, right. Dario has to run to choir practice and all I right. have to get home too. And uh, But this has been fun. Absolutely. I think we'll talk about some of these bands in more detail coming up soon. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We are the Progcast presented by the Prog Space. See you next time. Freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space, is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, Freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. Freaks out.